Chapter Fifteen of Alice of Old Vincennes by Maurice Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fifteen, virtue in a locket. Longhair stood not upon ceremony in conveying to Beverly the information that he was to run the gauntlet, which otherwise stated meant that the Indians would form themselves in two parallel lines facing each other about six feet apart, and that the prisoner would be expected to run down the length of the space between, thus affording the warriors an opportunity, greatly coveted and relished by their fiendish natures, to beat him cruelly during his flight this sort of thing was to the indians indeed an exquisite amusement as fascinating to them as the theatre is to more enlightened people no sooner was it agreed upon that the entertainment should again be undertaken than all the younger men began to scurry around getting everything ready for it their faces glowed with a droll cruelty strange to see and they further expressed their lively expectations by playful yet curiously solemn antics the preparations were simple and quickly made each man armed himself with a stick three feet long and about three-quarters of an inch in diameter rough weapons they were cut from boughs of scrub oak knotty and tough as horn long hair unbound beverly and stripped his clothes from his body down to the waist then the lines formed the indians in each row standing about as far apart as the width of the space in which the prisoner was to run this arrangement gave them free use of their sticks and plenty of room for full swing of their lithe bodies in removing beverly's clothes long hair found alice's locket hanging over the young man's heart he tore it rudely off and grunted glaring viciously first at it and then at beverly he seemed to be mightily wrought upon white man damn thief he growled deep in his throat stole from little girl he put the locket in his pouch and resumed his stupidly indifferent expression when everything was ready for the delightful entertainment to begin long hair waved his tomahawk three times over beverly's head and pointing down between the waiting lines said ugh run but beverly did not budge he was standing erect with his arms deeply creased where the thongs had sunk folded across his breast a rush of thoughts and feelings had taken tumultuous possession of him and he could not move or decide what to do a mad desire to escape arose in his heart the moment that he saw long hair take the locket it was as if alice had cried to him and bidden him make a dash for liberty ugh run the order was accompanied with a push of such violence from long hair's left elbow that beverly plunged and fell for his limbs after their long and painful confinement in the rawhide bonds were stiff and almost useless long hair in no gentle voice bade him get up the shock of falling seemed to awaken his dormant forces a sudden resolve leaped into his brain he saw that the indians had put aside their bows and guns most of which were leaning against the bowl of trees here and yonder what if he could knock long hair down and run away this might possibly be easy considering the indian's broken arm his heart jumped at the possibility but the shrewd savage was alert and saw the thought come into his face you try git way kill dead he snarled lifting his tomahawk ready for a stroke brains out damn beverly glanced down the waiting and eager lines swiftly he speculated wondering what would be his chance for escape were he to break through but he did not take his own condition into account ugh run again the elbow of long hair's hurt arm pushed him toward the expectant rows of indians who flourished their clubs and uttered impatient grunts this time he did not fall 
but in trying to run he limped stiffly at first his legs but slowly and imperfectly regaining their strength and suppleness from the action just before reaching the lines however he stopped short longhair who was close behind him took hold of his shoulder and led him back to the starting-place the big indian's arm must have given him pain when he thus used it but he did not wince fool kill dead he repeated two or three times holding his tomahawk on high with threatening motions and frequent repetitions of his one echo from the profanity of civilization he was beginning to draw his mouth down at the corners and his eyes were narrowed to mere slits beverly understood now that he could not longer put off the trial he must choose between certain death and the torture of the gauntlet as frontiersmen named this savage ordeal an old man might have preferred the stroke of the hatchet to such an infliction as the clubs must afford considering that even after all the agony his captivity and suffering would be only a little nearer its end youth however has faith in the turn of fortune's wheel and faith in itself no matter how dark the prospect hope blows her horn just over the horizon and the strain bids the young heart take courage and beat strong moreover men were men who led the van in those days on the outmost lines of our march to the summit of the world beverly was not more a hero than any other young brave unconquerable patriot of the frontier army his situation simply tried him a trifle harder than was common but it must be remembered that he had love with him and where love is there can be no cowardice no surrender longhair once again pushed him and said ugh run beverly made a direct dash for the narrow lane between the braced and watchful lines every warrior lifted his club every copper face gleamed stolidly a mask behind which burned a strangely atrocious spirit the two savages standing at the end nearest beverly struck at him the instant he reached them but they were taken quite by surprise when he checked himself between them and leaping this way and that swung out two powerful blows left and right stretching one of them flat and sending the other reeling and staggering half a dozen paces backwards with the blood streaming from his nose this done beverly turned to run away but his breath was already short and his strength rapidly going longhair who was at his heels leaped before him when he had gone but a few steps and once more flourished the tomahawk to struggle was useless save to insist upon being brained outright which just then had no part in beverly's considerations longhair kicked his victim heavily uttering laconic curses meanwhile and led him back again to the starting-point a genuine sense of humour seems almost entirely lacking in the mind of the american indian he smiles at things not in the least amusing to us and when he laughs which is very seldom the cause of his merriment usually lies in something repellently cruel and inhuman when beverly struck his two assailants hurting them so that one lay half stunned while the other spun away from his fist with a smashed nose all the rest of the indians grunted and laughed raucously in high delight they shook their clubs danced pointed at their discomfited fellows and twisted their painted faces into knotted wrinkles their eyes twinkling with devilish expression of glee quite indescribable ugh damn run said longhair this time adding a hard kick to the elbow shove he gave beverly the young man who had borne all he could now turned upon him furiously and struck straight from the shoulder setting the whole weight of his body into the blow longhair stepped out of the way and quick as a flash brought the flat side of his tomahawk with great force against beverly's head this gave the amusement a sudden and disappointing end for the prisoner fell limp and senseless to the ground no more running the gauntlet for him that day 
indeed it required protracted application of the best indian skill to revive him so that he could fairly be called a living man there had been no dangerous concussion however and on the following morning camp was broken beverly sore haggard forlornly dishevelled had his arms bound again and was made to march apace with his nimble enemies who set out swiftly eastward their disappointment at having their sport cut short although bitter enough not in the least indicated by any facial expression or spiteful act was it really a strange thing or was it not that beverly's mind now busied itself unceasingly with the thought that longhair had alice's picture in his pouch one might find room for discussion of a cerebral problem like this but our history cannot be delayed with analyses and speculations it must run its direct course unhindered to the end suffice it to record that while tramping at longhair's side and growing more and more desirous of seeing the picture again beverly began trying to converse with his taciturn captor he had a considerable smattering of several indian dialects which he turned upon longhair to the best of his ability but apparently without effect nevertheless he babbled at intervals always upon the same subject and always endeavouring to influence that huge stolid heartless savage in the direction of letting him see again the child face of the miniature a stone one of our travel-scarred and mysterious western granite boulders brought from the far north by the ancient ice would show as much sympathy as did the face of longhair once in a while he gave beverly a soulless glance and said damn with utter indifference nothing however could quench or even in the slightest sense allay the lover's desire he talked of alice and the locket with constantly increasing volubility saying over and over phrases of endearment in a half delirious way not aware that fever was fermenting his blood and heating his brain probably he would have been very ill but for the tremendous physical exercise forced upon him the exertion kept him in a profuse perspiration and his robust constitution cast off the malarial poison meantime he used every word and every phrase every grunt and gesture of indian dialect that he could recall in the iterated and reiterated attempt to make longhair understand what he wanted when night came on again the band camped under some trees beside a swollen stream there was no rain falling but almost the entire country lay under a flood of water fires of logs were soon burning brightly on the comparatively dry bluff chosen by the indians the weather was chill but not cold longhair took great pains however to dry beverly's clothes and see that he had warm wraps and plenty to eat hamilton's large reward would not be forthcoming should the prisoner die beverly was good property well worth careful attention to be sure his scalp in the worst event would command a sufficient honorarium but not the greatest beverly thought of all this while the big indian was wrapping him snugly in skins and blankets for the night and there was no comfort in it save that possibly if he were returned to hamilton he might see alice again before he died a fitful wind cried dolefully in the leafless treetops the stream hard by gave forth a rushing sound and far away some wolves howled like lost souls worn out sore from head to foot beverly deep buried in the blankets and skins soon fell into a profound sleep the fires slowly crumbled and faded no sentinel was posted for the indians did not fear an attack there being no enemies that they knew of nearer than kaskaskia the camp slumbered as one man at about the mid-hour of the night longhair gently awoke his prisoner by drawing a hand across his face and whispered in his ear damn still beverly tried to rise uttering a sleepy ejaculation under his breath no talk 
hissed Longhair. Still. There was something in his voice that not only swept the last film of sleep out of Beverly's brain, but made it perfectly clear to him that a very important bit of craftiness was being performed. Just what its nature was, however, he could not surmise. One thing was obvious. Longhair did not wish the other Indians to know of the move he was making. Deftly he slipped the blankets from around Beverly and cut the thongs at his ankles. Still, he whispered, come, Long. Under such circumstances a competent mind acts with lightning celerity. Beverly now understood that Longhair was stealing him away from the other savages, and that the big villain meant to cheat them out of their part of the reward. Along with this discovery came a fresh gleam of hope. It would be far easier to escape from one Indian than from nearly a score. Ah, he would follow Longhair, indeed he would the needed courage came with the thought and so with immense labour he crept at the heels of that crawling monster it was a painful process for his arms were still fast bound at the wrists with the rawhide strings but what was pain to him he shivered with joy thinking of what might happen the voice of the wind overhead and the noisy bubbling of the stream near by were cheerful and cheering sounds to him now so much can a mere shadow of hope do for a human soul on the verge of despair already he was planning on trying to plan some way by which he could kill longhair when they should reach a safe distance from the sleeping camp but how could the thing be done a man with his hands tied though they are in front of him is in no excellent condition to cope with a free and stalwart savage armed to the teeth still beverly's spirits rose with every rod of distance that was added to their slow progress their course was nearly parallel with that of the stream but slightly converging toward it and after they had gone about a furlong they reached the bank here longhair stopped and without a word cut the thongs from beverly's wrists this was astounding the young man could scarcely realize it nor was he ready to act swim water longhair said in a guttural murmur barely audible swim damn again it was necessary for beverly's mind to act swiftly and with prudence the camp was yet within hailing distance a false move now would bring the whole pack howling to the rescue something told him to do as longhair ordered so with scarcely a perceptible hesitation he scrambled down the bushy bank and slipped into the water followed by longhair who seized him by one arm when he began to swim and struck out with him into the boiling and tumbling current beverly had always thought himself a master swimmer but longhair showed him his mistake the giant indian with but one hand free to use fairly rushed through that deadly cold and turbulent water bearing his prisoner with him despite the wounded arm as easily as if towing him at the stern of a pirogue true his course was downstream for a considerable distance but even when presently he struck out boldly for the other bank breasting a current in which few swimmers could have lived much less made headway he still swung forward rapidly splitting the waves and scarcely giving beverly freedom enough so that he could help in the progress it was a long cold struggle and when at last they touched the sloping low bank on the other side longhair had fairly to lift his chilled and exhausted prisoner to the top ugh cold he grunted beginning to pound and rub beverly's arms legs and body make warm damn heap all this he did with his right hand holding the tomahawk in his left it was a strange bewildering experience out of which the young man could not see in any direction far enough to give him a hint upon which to act in a few minutes longhair jerked him to his feet and said go 
it was just light enough to see that the order had a tomahawk to enforce its withal long hair indicated the direction and drove beverly onward as fast as he could try run way kill damn he kept repeating while with his left hand on the young man's shoulder he guided him from behind dexterously through the wood for some distance then he stopped and grunted adding his favourite expletive which he used with not the least knowledge of its meaning to him the syllable damn was but a mouthful of forcible wind they had just emerged from a thicket into an open space where the ground was comparatively dry overhead the stars were shining in great clusters of silver and gold against a dark cavernous-looking sky here and there overrun with careering black clouds beverly shivered not so much with cold as on account of the stress of excitement which amounted to nervous rigour long hair faced him and leaned toward him until his breathing was audible and his massive features were dimly outlined a dragon of the darkest age could not have been more repulsive ugh friend dem beverly started when these words were followed by a sentence in an indian dialect somewhat familiar to him a dialect in which he had tried to talk with long hair during the day's march the sentence literally translated was long hair is friendly now a blow in the face could not have been so surprising beverly not only started but recoiled as if from a sudden and deadly apparition the step between supreme exhilaration and utter collapse is now and then infinitesimal there are times moreover when an expression on the face of hope makes her look like the twin sister of despair the moment falling just after long hair spoke was a century condensed in a breath long hair is friendly now will white man be friendly beverly heard but the speech seemed to come out of vastness and hollow distance he could not realize it fairly he felt as if in a dream far off somewhere in loneliness with a big shadowy form looming before him he heard the chill wind in the thickets round about and beyond long hair rose a wall of giant trees ugh not understand the savage presently demanded in his broken english yes yes said beverly i understand is the white man friendly now long hair then repeated in his own tongue with a certain insistence of manner and voice yes friendly beverly said this absently in a tone of perfunctory dryness his throat was parched his head seemed to waver but he was beginning to comprehend that long hair for some inscrutable reason of his own was desirous of making a friendship between them the thought was bewildering long hair fumbled in his pouch and took out alice's locket which he handed to beverly white man love little girl he inquired in a tone that bordered upon tenderness again speaking in indian beverly clutched the disc as soon as he saw it gleam in the starlight white man going to have little girl for his squaw eh yes yes cried beverly without hearing his own voice he was trying to open the locket but his hands were numb and trembling when at last he did open it he could not see the child face within for now even the starlight was shut off by a scudding black cloud little girl saved long hair's life long hair save white warrior for little girl a dignity which was almost noble accompanied these simple sentences long hair stood proudly erect like a colossal dark statue in the dimness the great truth dawned upon beverly that here was a characteristic act he knew that an indian rarely failed to repay a kindness or an injury stroke for stroke when opportunity offered 
long hair was a typical indian that is to say a type of inhumanity raised to the last power but under his hideous atrocity of nature lay the indestructible sense of gratitude so fixed and perfect that it did its work almost automatically it must be said and it may or may not be to the white man's shame that beverly did not respond with absolute promptness and sincerity to longhair's generosity he had suffered terribly at the hands of this savage his arms and legs were raw from the biting of the thongs his body ached from the effect of blows and kicks laid upon him while bound and helpless perhaps he was not a very emotional man at all events there was no sudden recognition of the favor he was receiving and this pleased longhair for the taste of the american indian delights in immobility of countenance and reserve of feeling under great strain wait here a little while longhair presently said and without lingering for reply turned away and disappeared in the wood beverly was free to run if he wished to and the thought did surge across his mind but a restraining something like a hand laid upon him would not let his limbs move down deep in his heart a calm voice seemed to be repeating longhair's indian sentence wait here a little while a few minutes later longhair returned bearing two guns beverly's and his own the latter a superb weapon given him by hamilton he afterward explained that he had brought these with their bullet pouches and powder horns to a place of concealment near by before he awoke beverly this meant that he had swum the cold river three times since nightfall once over with the guns and accoutrements once back to the camp then over again with beverly all this with a broken arm and to repay alice for her kindness to him beverly may have been slow but at last his appreciation was perhaps all the more profound as best he could he expressed it to longhair who showed no interest whatever in the statement instead of responding in indian he said damn without emphasis it was rather as if he had yawned absently being bored delay could not be thought of longhair explained briefly that he thought beverly must go to kaskaskia he had come across the stream in the direction of vincennes in order to set his warriors at fault the stream must be recrossed he said farther down and he would help beverly a certain distance on his way then leave him to ship for himself he had a meagre amount of parched corn and buffalo meat in his pouch which would stay hunger until they could kill some game now they must go the resilience of a youthful and powerful physique offers many a problem to the biologist vital force seems to find some mysterious reservoir of nourishment hidden away in the nerve centres beverly set out upon that seemingly impossible undertaking with renewed energy it could not have been the ounce of parched corn and a bit of jerked venison from which he drew so much strength but on the other hand could it have been the miniature of alice which he felt pressing over his heart once more that afforded a subtle stimulus to both mind and body they flung miles behind them before day dawn long hair leading beverly pressing close at his heels most of the way led over flat prairies covered with water and they therefore left no track by which they could be followed late in the forenoon long hair killed a deer at the edge of a wood here they made a fire and cooked a supply which would last them for a day or two and then on they went again but we cannot follow them step by step when long hair at last took leave of beverly the occasion had no ceremony it was an abrupt unemotional parting the stalwart indian simply said in his own dialect pointing westward go that way two days you will find your friends then without another look or word he turned about and stalked eastward at a marvellously rapid gait 
in his mind he had a good tale to tell his warrior companions when he should find them again how beverly escaped that night and how he followed him a long long chase only to lose him at last under the very guns of the fort at kaskaskia but before he reached his band an incident of some importance changed his story to a considerable degree it chanced that he came upon lieutenant barlow who in pursuit of game had lost his bearings and far from his companions was beating around quite bewildered in a watery solitude longhair promptly murdered the poor fellow and scalped him with as little compunction as he would have skinned a rabbit for he had a clever scheme in his head a very audacious and outrageous scheme by which he purposed to recoup to some extent the damages sustained by letting beverly go therefore when he rejoined his somewhat disheartened and demoralized band he showed them the scalp and gave them an eloquent account of how he tore it from beverly's head after a long chase and a bloody hand-to-hand -hand fight they listened believed and were satisfied End of chapter fifteen